welcome to episode number 12 of Travels with Squeaky. Travels with Squeaky is a podcast for solo women, RVers, campers, and van lifers, and I am your host, Kathy Belge. This week, our guest is Jody Bitzenhofer. Jody comes on to talk about how her first solo camping trip changed her life. After a split from a partner, she headed out on her own for a six-week adventure where her only agenda was to say yes to things she normally wouldn't. It's amazing all the cool things that happened to Jody, what she did, and all that she experienced, but more importantly, how it changed her life forever. Let's have Jody tell her story. Jody Bitzenhofer, thank you so much for being a guest on the Travels with Squeaky podcast today. Um, and uh, Jody, I was just intrigued because I had posted on a Facebook group that I was looking for people who might want to share their story on the podcast. And uh, you just said something that I thought this this girl is going to have some really good things to to share and. Um, and you just talked about a, a trip that you had taken uh, by yourself that was so empowering for you and that you learned so much about yourself. You said the good and the ugly. And so, you know, I think I just want to jump into a little bit about that and hear, hear what oh. your story is and have you tell us all about um, what, how solo travel changed you because it sounds like it really did. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, reaching out and having me on this podcast. Um, this is probably not so much a story about the travel aspect of it, but probably the journey inward, I guess, of what came of the travel. Um, I guess a little backstory would be uh, my partner and I used to travel quite extensively. We would take five-week road trips every summer starting in 2013, and um, that really kind of lit the travel bug in me and the wanderlust. I think that sparked, uh, 2013 was the 10 year anniversary of my mother's death mm. and she died at the age of 61. And so I felt like all of a sudden my life was in fast forward and I had to start doing everything I wanted to do. I had to do it now. Okay. Um, so I think that's what started the whole thing. Um, during my solo trips, were during times that my partner and I were going through transition or taking a break from each other. Um, so it really kind of caused me to look inward. And that's what prompted all of the solo travel. Okay. So first of all, let, why don't you tell us where you're from and uh, what it is that you travel in? Okay. Yeah. I'm from North Carolina in a city called High Point, which is close to the Greensboro, Winston-Salem area. And I have several uh, different methods of travel, but um, I have a 1968 vintage Shasta camper that um, my former partner and my father and I took 18 months and restored it to original form. And her name is Miss Daisy. Cool. And she's, she's traveled from here all the way to Banff, Canada and beyond and several different trips. And then um, I started traveling I wanted to do more secluded off-road BLM land, which mm -hmm. stands for Bureau of Land Management for people that don't know. It's basically a lot of public free land out West. And in order to access that, I needed to have a, a pretty sturdy vehicle. So I um, bought a Forerunner, a TRD Pro. 
So I have um, the camper, Miss Daisy, who is my mm -hmm. comfortable, safe, take it easy. And then I have my alter ego, the forerunner, which I named, <laughs> I named the honey badger because honey, honey badger is my badass. Oh, like awesome. I can do anything like ego self. And so I spent a year getting um, the honey badger ready for travel. That included putting new shocks, um, sliders, a rooftop tent on uh, just all kinds of upgrades and spending a year getting that ready. And so that's what I took out West for five, 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 five weeks, <laughs> five weeks. And when was this yeah. trip? Uh, the one with the honey badger was last summer, this exact time last summer, I left August 26th, and I came back home October 2nd. Oh, awesome. Well, great. So we're on the one-year anniversary of your transformational trip. Great. Yes. I'm excited that we're going to talk about it now then. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned to me um, when, we, when we had a short chat before this, that there was a mantra that got you going every day. And yes. I want to hear about that mantra and how that shaped your journey. Absolutely. I cannot take credit for the mantra. Um, I am a huge Amy Grant fan and I have been ever since I was in my early teens. And um, one of her songs, it starts off, lead me to the ones I need and to the ones who need me. And so I really adopted that mantra for, you know, my trip last year when I started. Um, I was absolutely terrified you know, I've never driven that distance by myself. And so I would start each day, lead me to the ones I need. And it always seems that no matter what situation I got in, you know, the universe, God, the higher power, whatever your source is provided. Wow. Um, That's great. Do you, do you have a couple of examples of that, uh, that you want to share? Oh, absolutely. So my first one, um, I drove from North Carolina and I had um, a couple of days, you know, my first stop was Denver and Colorado and I had never really visited Denver, Colorado or done any hiking in Colorado. And so once I got there, I found myself driving around the city, avoiding going out to the mountains because I was afraid of the unknown. I was intimidated, I was scared. And I was like, what, what am I doing out here? Finally, I found myself at the trailhead and I sat there and I repeated to myself, lead me to the ones I need, lead me to the ones I need, laced up my boots. And I was on a really kind of popular trailhead. And so there were, you know, there were several people, you know, in groups or in couples, you know, hiking up this trail. But after about 45 minutes, I ran into um, a girl who was also solo hiking her name was Sunny, which I thought was appropriate because it really kind of filled my day with light, mm. you know, for my first adventure. So we started talking and she was a local and asked, you know, where was I camping that night? And I'm like, I have no idea where I'm camping. You know, this is my first night out. I just left North Carolina three days ago. She invited me to camp with her and her friends and go four wheeling with them the next day and hiking and camping and um, with them. So, you know, right off the bat, the very first day on the trail in Colorado, I made a connection with, you know, a beautiful soul who was open to a stranger and introduced me to her friends. And, you know, I had a really good time and that really kind of eased my fears and made me realize, like, just sit back and relax and start to say yes to things that I would normally say no to. Mm, awesome saying yes that's a good one yes yeah. and what about the flip side of that uh, mantra lead me to the ones who need me 
Did that happen? It did. It did on a couple of different occasions. Um, You know, like I mentioned in our private chat, you know, as I was driving out to Colorado, I was in a a gas station area that was um, pretty desolate in the middle of nowhere. And the, uh, there was a, a lady trying to get air in her tire and the air pump didn't work. And being that this was my first solo cross country travel, I was so prepared. You know, I took classes on how to drive my truck. I took classes on how to change a tire. Not that I could if it happened, but it's like, I'm sure I had all the equipment that I was going to need in case I got into a situation. And so she couldn't get the air, you know, the air compressor to work. And I was like, ha. I've got an air compressor that, you know, hooks to the battery in my car. So I was able to, you know, pump the air up in her car and help her and get her on her way. And then an emotional um, aspect of that was um, when I was in Moab after my week in Colorado, I was members of a Facebook group. Uh, I think it was like women solo travelers or something like that. And I had made a post saying, hi, anybody in Moab want to get together and do this hike in camp? And I had a response, um, probably pretty much immediately from a girl named Barry. And Barry had just sold all of her stuff and her belongings in New York City and was just going full-time in van life. So we picked out a spot on Google Maps and we met at this campsite in the middle of nowhere, Utah, And she shared with me that she was so glad that I posted because she had just had a really um, difficult situation with her sister and sent a, you know, a really hard email and was really stressed about it and didn't want to be alone that night. And one of the things that, you know, I found out because I've met several people along the way, but it's like when you meet a stranger, it's like you have absolutely nothing to lose by being honest and being vulnerable Uh, you have nothing to risk because there's just nothing to lose so the vulnerability and the mask and the conversations that happen out on the road with strangers um are probably some of the more intimate conversations than i've had with people i've known for 20 years wow that's incredible that's incredible so when you started out to do the solo journey had you thought that you might be connecting with other solo travelers or other travelers or what was your intention when you headed out um my intention well I had one of my intentions was I am so anal that my whole life is scheduled down to you know I'm a I own my own business so like everything is scheduled even my social life and then when my partner and I would go on vacation every day would be scheduled. We would be hiking this hike on this day. We would drive 800 miles on that day. Here's a camping area. We would stay, I mean, just Mm. because I like to have control. Mm. And so one of my things was I want to learn how to let go of that control and just how to free flow. I had a couple of things that I had commitments to. I do volunteer work with the Bureau of Land Management. And so I had a couple of shifts scheduled, volunteer shifts in Utah scheduled um, in September that I had to be in a certain area for those dates. And then I also had permits for the White Rim Road and Canyonlands for three nights and I had to be there. Other than that, everything I had a general plan of where I was going, but there were so many times, 
you know, I would be in route to going where I thought I should be. And then I would come across and meet somebody and they would say, Hey, I'm going to go here. You want to go here? And I'm like, absolutely. And I would do a U-turn and follow them an hour out of the way and go, you know, hike with somebody that, you know, lives in Virginia, the state above me. And they're with four or five people and we're doing slot canyons. Wow. You know, um, you know there was a time uh, going down in Capitol Reef National Park, which is the most isolated uh, national park in Utah. It's like smack dab in the middle of the state. And I was going down a dirt road and there was a, a white Jeep headed towards me and I was going, you know, opposite direction. And for whatever reason, we both just slowed down rolled down the windows. It was another girl who was solo. She's like, that little camping area is full. Do you want to find somewhere to camp? And I was like, absolutely. Like there's some cottonwood <laughs> trees back here. Let's, you know, go back here. So I turn around and her name was Bridget. And, you know, she had just quit her job and was taking a month off before she made a big life move and, you know, out on the road by herself. And so it was just those kind of things I never would have done had I obviously been traveling with a friend or a partner um and everybody you know when I'm talking about this journey and going on these trips everybody's like aren't you afraid or you're so brave to do this and you know I I have found that life really starts at the end of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and I've been on a journey for the last couple of years to push myself, not just physically out of my comfort zone, but emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and look at some really hard truths about myself and my patterns of behavior and being out on the road really puts a mirror in front of your face. Mm. And, um, I think that the thing that made me so nervous about starting my journey, it wasn't necessarily about being alone or by myself. I believe that there's a difference in being alone and by myself. I was traveling by myself, but at any moment I could reach out to anybody that was around me and not be alone. Mm -hmm. and would have somebody to talk to or travel or hike with it. it got proven to me over and over again what I was having a hard time was learning how to be with myself and in the times I think it was my 19th night that I was out in the desert that was like my first real night that I was out of earshot out of sight of anybody mm. there's no cell service. There's nothing. And I am the queen of distraction. I will find anything to do to distract me from being present with myself. So to be out there with nothing to do, but think about my thoughts and hear, you know, the silence was so deafening out there. Wow. And, um, after that night, you know, I was scared to death. I was like, oh my God, something's going to come get me. I'm in my rooftop tent, but something's just going to come. Get me. I know it. But the next morning when I woke up, I was like, hell, I'm still here. You know, I can, I can do this. And so it kind of gave me a new thing of confidence, but it was the learning how to be still and sit still and be with my thoughts, be with my feelings, be with my emotions. 
and allow myself that compassion and that space to do so was very challenging. Mm. Yeah, it can be, it can be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jody, when you started out mm-hmm. on this, this trip, did you, th- mm-hmm. did you, were you aware that it was going to be transformational? Was that part of it? Or were you just, were you just like, you know, my partners and I aren't together and I, we were going to do a trip and now I'm going to just do it. I think it was a little bit of both. Um, because I always relied on her. Like we were like the perfect team. I was the great navigator planner, great with maps. And she was the executor. You know, she was the one that would do the majority of the driving. If we got into a situation, I trusted her to keep us safe because she's smart, she's brilliant, she can fix anything, like she's just got that confidence. So I would always put my complete trust in her. And when I was out in Colorado and I was out um, outside of Lake City and I had just hiked um, Handy's Peak, which was my first and only 14,000 foot mountain that I've climbed, instead of backtracking three and a half hours to get to my next destination. Those new friends that I had met in Colorado assured me that I was capable of going up and over what they call cinnamon pass, which is like a four wheel drive road on the side of the mountain. That's like single lane, you hairpin turns. If somebody's <laughs> coming one direction, you're going to have to back up. I mean, like my butt cheeks were clenched the whole time. I'm in tears. I'm like, this is not fun. This is not fun. This is not fun. Why am I doing this? You know, I have a picture of my mother on my visor and I'm going, oh my God, mom, you would be shitting in your pants right now if you were like on this road. And so I'm, I'm driving this road and it's like all of a sudden, like I just, I broke down in tears and it was, Did you, know, you pull I'm over like, and cry or what? Oh, no, I was like, I mean, you couldn't, I did pull over at one point because it was like a fantastic photographic opportunities mm. Mm. <laughs> I had to get out of the car and like run back on the road so you could like see the forerunner on the side of the edge and like the drop off and like you know so yeah I had to get out and take a picture but I was shaken it was like I need a, a Xanax or something it was just so nerve-wracking you know but I was I was in tears and it was like I was in tears for oh my god I'm doing this I feel so empowered but then it immediately switched to, I felt so disappointed and kind of disgusted with myself because in the relationship, I gave up so much control. Mm-hmm. And it's not because my partner asked for control or demanded it. It was not an unhealthy balance at all. It was that I became accustomed to just letting her handle all the hard things. And I was content with just coming along for the ride. And so I realized how much opportunity I have missed for bettering myself and empowering myself. And it was like, at that point, I realized I can do these hard things. I might cry. I might be scared to death and my butt cheeks might be clenched but I can do these hard things without her. And so it was like at that moment, you know, and I realized that I was putting all of, 
I was making her responsible for me feeling safe and me feeling comfortable when I need to make myself feel safe and comfortable and not rely on somebody else to do that for me. So it was just like all of these just triggers just going off, like all at the same time of, you know, all the things that had gone on and gone wrong in the relationship and my mindset on so many things that is just carried me through this last year. And it's just kind of what, um, what breaks you down also breaks you open. Wow. What an amazing story. Yeah. Just like, and that one road was probably like five years of therapy, right? Oh my God. You have no, you have no idea. Like, like, oh my God, it was so much therapy. It was. And then, you know, I had made a point to listen to some good audio books and really would just challenge myself, you know, with, um, really looking within, um, yeah. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Um, so I want to ask you about this cinnamon pass and you had mentioned it was the, was it the white road, the white, the, the white rim road, the white the, wind road. Yeah. So rim. I want to hear about, are, are, yeah. are you, you know, tell me about your off-roading experience and if this was the first time you've done anything like that. And if so, like, how did you get ready for it? Yeah. And all this, right. yeah. tell me all about that. I know you, you mentioned yeah. earlier, um, meeting up with some people to do the white wind rim road with. And I want to hear about that as well. Yeah. I have zero off-road experience. So I bought this vehicle that's extremely capable. However, I am not a capable driver. So <laughs> there's a huge difference of knowing what I can handle, what I can't. So I took a couple of local classes. Um, there's a place within an hour where I live where they do um, off-road trail riding. Usually here in North Carolina, it's not called off-road or four-wheel driving. It's called mudding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's a little bit of a difference, but like I signed up for a class, you know, where it was an eight-hour class that taught you the basics of your vehicle and how to handle it, what your different controls mean. So I did that. And then I also did a recovery class, which is how to get yourself out of a situation with flat tires or winches or things like that. And that was like way above my comfort zone. So I knew that I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I would need to use a winch to get myself out of a situation. So I prepared that way and I made sure that I had all my necessary safety equipment. I have a satellite communicator. So if I'm somewhere where there's no cell service, I've got, you know, the Garmin inReach where I could send out satellite text messages to make sure if I'm in a situation. Um, you know, I had tracking on me. So my dad knew where I was at all times. So I made sure, you know, to have those safety protocols. Um, as far as the White Rim Road goes, that is a hundred mile off-road trail at the bottom of Canyonlands National Park. It follows the green and the Colorado River on the Colorado Plateau on the rim. Oh, okay. And so it's, you have to have permits and I got permits about six months in advance and it's really hard to get permits. I was like on the website, the day, the time that they came available. And I made a point to get permits for the maximum amount of people and cars. So you're allowed to have three cars and up to 10 people. And I'm like, I know that I'm going to come across somebody or create a trip. So I'm just going to get all these permits and have that available. 
at that time I had been following this girl on Instagram, never met her, but she was really big into off-roading and we had had some conversations and she helped me deal with um, some questions I had about my forerunner. Her name was Pink Star Jess and she lived, you know, off-road and was doing these badass things with her forerunner. So I sent her a message and I'm like, this is kind of creepy and I'm not a stalker, but I've got you know, permits for the White Rim Road on these dates. Would you be interested in meeting? And she was like, absolutely. And then I put a call out on Toyota Ladies United Facebook page saying, looking for ladies, you know, I've got White Rim permits. And I had two girls from Salt Lake City um, that said they wanted to come. And then there was another girl, um, her name was Amanda. And her Instagram is called She Hikes Utah. And mm -hmm. so I've been drooling over her page because I love Utah. And she just had like the most awesome hiking pictures. Well, she was born and raised like an hour and a half from me in North Carolina. So oh, we fun. connected, you know, over North Carolina, little, you know, funny things, sweet tea and bad drivers in the snow and stuff. So I was like, look, I got an extra permit for the White Rim Road. And she's like, well, I don't have a four wheel drive vehicle, but I'll ride with you. And I'm like, come on. So we met up in Moab at a lady's house who didn't know any of us. Her name, her name was Amy. Amy and I met also on the Toyota ladies page. And Amy was like, hey, I live in Moab, you know, come over, like come shower at my house, use my laundry. And when I got into town, Amy was not home. She was still out of town. And she's like, hey, here's my address. The back door is open, go in, let yourself in and make yourself at home. I had never met this woman, <laughs> never talked wow. to her on the phone. She did not know me from a hole in the wall. She didn't. And I was like, look, I've got five other women with me that I've never met. That's wonderful. Bring them all. And, you know, that was part of her, you know, her giving is just being able to open up her home. And so... So the five of us met at her house and just, I don't know, you would have thought we were just like a gang of old friends that had been reunited after 10 years of not seeing each other. It wow. just it fits so well. So we had three nights out on the White Rim Road and it is a very technical four-wheel drive road. There were many places where I was so glad that Amanda was in my car because she was hanging her head out the passenger window and we're like, hanging on the side of the cliff and literally it's probably like a thousand foot drop and I'm like Amanda how am I doing and she's like girl you got this you got like you got like a foot you, you got a foot you you, you got plenty <laughs> good and I'm just like butt cheeks white knuckles like you know just wow and I was so grateful because I know had I been in the car by myself I would have been paralyzed with fear of I just couldn't go so it was like being grateful for having her in the truck because that's what I needed and it was um it was absolutely stunning because you're in the bottom along the river and then you're on the canyons and it is very secluded and it's very technical and to this day, it's probably one of the things that I've done that I've been the most proud of that mm. has made me kind of feel like, damn, like I did that shit. Like I really did that. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. I'm scared just thinking about, it. I don't want to be in that. What was her name? Amanda. Good on yeah. her. Just jumping in the car with a novice. 
I know, right? I was like, look, you sure you don't want to ride Jess with Jessica? Because Jessica's got a lot of years of experience. And that's why I wanted Jessica on the trip because she grew up four-wheeling with her dad and she knew mm. like how to, you know, rearrange the car and you've got to, you know, let the air pressure out of your tires and take angles and I, all this stuff. So I was very grateful for Jessica's knowledge and, and leading the three of us. And I was grateful for having the company in my car. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Oh, how fun and how empowering. So yeah. um, talk more about when you said, you know, this is one of the things you're most proud, proud that you've done. What, like what, why? Tell me about it. I think, I mean, just for a lot of reasons, you know, number one, it's like, I can't even hardly drive an hour and a half east to see my dad without getting sleepy and mm -hmm. tired. So the fact that, you know, I drove 6,400 miles in the course of those five weeks by myself without getting tired at all or having to hang my head out the window or slap my face to keep me awake um, was very empowering. The fact that um, that I met so many different people from different areas and that I put myself into situations where I wasn't always comfortable, but it always turned out okay. Um, you know, and a lot of people might be concerned. They're like, well, God, you know, that might not be safe, but it's like, if you really listen to your gut and you're smart and um, make those sound decisions, there, there's no reason why anybody can't have an experience like this. Yeah. You know, it's like we get inside of our own head and tell ourselves stories of what we can and can't do. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Jody, I, I, I'm super impressed with how you put yourself out there and just meeting strangers. You know, when I'm traveling, I definitely meet people, mm -hmm. but I haven't had those kind of really amazing connections. Mm -hmm. um, just meeting someone like just tell me a little bit about like how, how that works for you or tips for people who are out there right now listening to this and be like, you know, I want to meet some people on the road. Like what, what suggestions would you have for somebody who's out there solo, but does want to meet up with people and really make a connection? I think like, it's about really, like I said, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So to really stretch yourself out of the limit. You know, when I was in, I had so many like first steps and it's like, you know, the first step of any journey is the hardest. So like leaving the house for North, from North Carolina is the hardest. And then you get to the next familiar spot and then you've got to leave that. And, you know, after Moab and developing, you know, those friendships with those five girls, I was like on my own again. And I'm like, oh. God, now I'm by myself, I just spent four or five nights with a group of people. And here I am another first step. So the hardest thing is showing yourself, you know, some grace and compassion that first steps are terrifying and it's okay to be terrified. I've said, uh, before I, before I went on this trip, I said, being afraid will not kill you but listening to that fear surely will. Mm. And so I would acknowledge my fear and then I would choose to pretty much just move on anyway. So acknowledge that fear, allow yourself the space to feel it 
but then just take that first step. Yeah. Um, you know, start seeing, you know, when you start saying yes to things that you normally don't say yes to, it's like life starts to happen mm-hmm. and it gets beautiful. Um, I know like that, um, the girl that I met in Moab, Barry, she was very reluctant to respond to my post about meeting in Moab because she's more introverted and like her friends are like, oh, don't just meet random people on the internet. It could be a man. It could be this. It could be that. So again, use your instinct. You know, she saw me on Facebook. She was able to like peruse my profile. I could see her. So I know like she was who she said she was. You know, she told people who she was meeting, you know, so there's safety in that. But it's like, you know, you can kind of get a vibe. And, you know, at the end, she was like, thank you, because I got out of my comfort zone and this was helpful for me. So then it empowered her to to reach out, you know, to continue her life on the road. And we still keep in contact. We still talk. You know, I still talk with the girls from Utah because we've been a part of each other's journey. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask if you had any more plans to meet up with any of these women that you connected with. Yeah, I went out back in March. I flew out to Utah and I took a couple of my friends from North Carolina out on the White Rim Road. And we all stayed at Amy's house that lives in Moab and camped out with her for a few nights. And so, yeah, so I've made a lot of really good friends over the several years that I've been traveling and and doing this. I've made a lot of good friends and really Utah. That's like my favorite state that I always visit when I go when I'm out there. Now, um, I don't know a lot of women who do this kind of technical off-roading four-wheel driving that, that you're talking about. Is this, um, is there a large community of women who do this? I'm sure there is. I'm not, I know there's like uh, women who wheel, but um, what I did probably might not seem like extremely difficult and technical. It is only in my eyes because I'd never done anything like that before. Mm. Um, when I went back and did it in March, cause, uh, my friends and I flew out and we rented, uh, the Jeep Rubicons from Salt Lake city. And then I did the road for the second time. I was not nearly as terrified because I had already done it. I kind of knew what to expect and it wasn't, you know, as bad cause it's always the first time that's always like the hardest, the first step. Yeah. Once you get over the first step, then it's like, I've done this. I am confident. I am brave. I am you know, competent in doing this. So, so Jody, I wanted to ask you, you had talked earlier about taking this class to prepare for any mishaps. Were there any mishaps that you had to get yourself out of? Thank God. No, because I would have been in a shitload of trouble because I'm not even strong enough to lift my spare tire. <laughs> <laughs> I have been so fortunate on all of my road trips that I've not had any breakdowns even when Joanna and I traveled together we have always luckily you know been very safe in our travels um so I want to ask you you talk about so many transformations that took place for you on this five-week journey Um, have those transferred into your life now when you're at home yeah, they have. Um, well, you know, my, my partner and I have since completely severed. Um, so it was like a lot of those things that I learned about, you know, my patterns of behavior and not knowing how to relax and slow down and just, uh, 
let life kind of happen. Um, this whole past year has been kind of, it's been really different for me because usually I have everything planned out on where I want to go, what I'm going to do, our adventures, our travel. And this year it's like nothing has felt, nothing has spoken to me. And when I think about doing something, it just doesn't feel right. And I've been learning to listen to the inside of my knowing of, no, that's not right for me, or to just really hone in on being still. And, and I'm usually never, ever, ever home on the weekends, ever. I've got to be gone because I feel like I'm wasting time if I'm not gone. It was a beautiful holiday weekend here and I stayed home. Mm. I had plans to go backpacking with a friend and my back was hurting a little bit. And I'm like, I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to stay here and learn how to be in this home and do some adulting things that I don't necessarily like, you know? And so, yeah, um, I've learning how to be much more vulnerable in my relationships with people. I'm learning that it is my responsibility to speak my truth but it is not my responsibility on your reaction to my truth. And so often I would carry the weight of, well, if I say, you know, what my truth is and I'm rejected, then I would carry that responsibility. And now I'm starting to become more secure in myself saying, this is me and I'm not responsible for how you react to it. Mm. Wow. Thanks. Thank you really for being so vulnerable and yeah. sharing all these you know, these yeah. really private and personal things with us. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think, um, I think this story is going to be really inspiring. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that, you know, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts and read some books and all that. And, you know, one of the things that started in the travel, but has come full circle, you know, in my personal life is there's no such thing as one way liberation. It's like when I free myself, to be who I am, speak my truth and say, look, here's my shit. It's not pretty. It's not great, but this is who I am. It gives other women, other people, the confidence for them to let their guard down and for them to be themselves and free themselves. So it's, you know, it's contagious, you know, I'm being free. Now they're like, oh, well, now I can be my authentic self because, you know, you see me. So it's just really been, you know, a ripple effect that I've seen in my life and in my relationships that has really enhanced um, how I look at things. And do you find that you are attracting more people to you now that are more like risk tapers and, and able to be vulnerable and that kind of thing? Yes, it's really weird because it's like, I've always struggled with, I actually, um, I didn't tell you this in this chat, but I help, um, I inherited a Facebook group called Girls Who Hike North Carolina that had like maybe 5,000 members at the time. I've since taken that and got our nonprofit status to be a nonprofit group and have raised it to over like 10,000 members. Wow. And now I can't remember what your question was. Um, uh, just but, about, about attracting, uh, I guess, yeah. attracting to you people who are yeah. also on inward journeys. Right. Yes. So even though it's a hiking Facebook group, there's a lot, like I started this thing like a year and a half ago where I don't know why, but I just, I started on a Thursday and I was like, okay, thoughtful Thursday. And I put my 
just my ugliness out there of like, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what happened. And this is why I hike. And this is what matters when I hike. And it was like, so many women are like, oh my God, I feel this way too. Or I've thought that, and I never would have said that I'm not alone. And so there's been a lot of women that have come up to me on these different hikes that are like, I've really enjoyed reading your thoughtful Thursday post and that's really resonated with me and I'm too afraid to say anything or, you know, uh, my husband and I have been having a hard time and this has really helped me see this. So it's, it it goes into that. And I've always struggled with, um, I'm just trying to live the best version of my life. And a lot of times I feel like if people really knew the circus that went on inside my head, I feel like it's like, such like imposter syndrome because Mm -hmm. it's like I am not I just I don't see it but I've had friends tell me that they've seen such a transformation in me within like the last year of the energy that I put out and then the people that are coming into my life that are bringing that positive energy Mm -hmm. and that positive change and so I feel like it is I don't, something is out there and I'm meant for something bigger and I'm trying to figure out what that is. Yeah. It'll come. It'll come. Wow. Jody. Yeah. I I hope that you and I get to meet up there someday out there on the road. That would be really awesome. Hey, I've already spoken into the universe. I'm going to be in Wyoming next August and I want to climb the Grand Teton. So that is my goal. So all of your podcast listeners can hold me accountable. Okay. I'm speaking it. I'm speaking it now because I've been so afraid and I've been wanting to do it for years and I'm terrified and it's time for me to, it's time for me to do it. Oh, I love the Grand Tetons. That's great. So where are you up to next? You mentioned next year climbing. What what else? What do you got planned for? Are you got a big trip planned this fall? No, I don't. And that's what's made this year so interesting. Um, Every year I've been so resolute on this is what I feel called to do. This is where we're going. This is what I'm doing. This is and this year um, with the final severance of the relationship. You know, it was an eight year long relationship. And so dealing with grief and really being in a very, very dark place for several months, I've just kind of um, taken a step back and allowed myself to feel that loss and that sadness and just, you know, if I want to adventure, then it's kind of been more spur of the moment, not necessarily planned out. Mm -hmm. So I haven't, I don't have anything really big planned this year, but next year I'm going to, I'm going to get on it. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right, Jody. So is there anything that we didn't touch on that, um, that you really wanted to, to speak about? Well, I wanted to acknowledge that today, September 6th, um, this is my, this would have been my mother's 80th birthday today. Mm, okay. And, um, so yeah, I lost her 18 years ago when I was 28, but, um, I just had a really kind of neat story on my very first solo trip in 2017 that I took. And it wasn't until you and I scheduled September 6th. I'm like, September 6th, that's my mom's birthday. Oh, wow. In 2017, this is what happened. So 2017, I flew out to Wyoming and rented um, a minivan and traveled around for two and a half weeks by myself. And on my first night by myself was September 6th. Mm. I, I roll up into this campground uh, outside of Goblin Valley, Utah, which is very remote outside of Hanksville. And they had one camping spot left, which was 
spot number six. Mm. I, I was born on the six. My grandmother was born on the six. So that was always like been my lucky number. So here I am having a breakdown my first night out here on my very first solo journey, camp spot number six, September six, mom's birthday. And there was a lady solo camping next to me. Her name was Kitty. And she walked over and invited me to come over to her site in the evening and have a campfire. I'm like, okay, why not? And she invited the guy on the other side of her. His name was Brian. And he was over here solo from the UK. And so we're sitting around the fire. Kitty's got her bottle of wine out, just, you know, probably drinking more than what we realized. And so she was asking, you know, why were we traveling alone? And Brian was like, well, my wife hates Utah. It's dusty, hot and dirty. And she just told me to come by myself. Mm -hmm. And then I was more, well, I'm going through a hard time and I'm trying to figure out some things with my relationship and myself, you know? So Brian and I start chit-chatting about where we're gonna go, what we're gonna do, what we've seen, you know, just, I mean, engrossed in this conversation of what's next, what's next, what's next. And all of a sudden, Kitty piped up and she was like, how do you know you're here and not there? And Brian and I just kind of like giggled each other because we're like, oh, my God, she's like really had more wine than we thought. She's not making any sense. Like, what in the world? OK, Kitty. And then we just went on about our conversation about what's next, what's next, what's next. And when I got in my tent, I really stopped and I thought about how do I know I'm here and not there? And that was the real eye-opening thing because I have always struggled with being present and being in the moment. And even when I'm in the middle of a beautiful vacation on top of a mountain, looking at a, you know, iceberg lake, yes, I acknowledge that it's beautiful, but I'm like, where's my next adventure? When's my next trip? What am I going to do when I get home? And so the fact that, that Kitty said something so simple and that I giggled at that really stuck in my mind about I need to be here and not there was really probably the first lesson I ever learned on a solo trip. Wow. What a great and, uh, lesson. Yeah. And so the next day, you know, I took off in one direction. Uh, Brian took off and actually Brian and I ended up camping together the next couple of nights, but then we all three split up. And then I ran into uh, Kitty's car not literally, but like her, um, <laughs> I ran into like a, a camp spot that she was at. She was, she was not there, but like her tent and her car. And I left her letter. I said, I need you to know how you really impacted me. And when you said, how do you know you're here, not there and what that did for me. And thank you for being a part of my journey. And, you know, left that letter on her, on her campsite. And it's things like that is you never know what kind of eternal significance you can have on somebody else's life, no matter how simple, no matter how simple. It's not the profound things that change people. It's all the little things. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That might be a really good place to end right there because yeah. I don't, I don't have anything to top that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's great. Jody. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Um, this, is this, this has definitely been one of my favorites. I just have enjoyed everything you've shared here. Uh, I've teared up a few times listening to some of your stories. Uh, they just really touched me in a deep, deep level. So I hope that um, 
I hope that other people feel that way. Where can people, if they want to connect with this hiking group that you run? Yeah, it's, um, it's called Girls Who Hike North Carolina or NC, Girls Who Hike NC. And it's a lot of information on, you know, our trails here in North Carolina, but also um, there are women that we've had on our events that have come from Florida, uh, Indianapolis, Ohio, like different places that we just had a woman drive eight hours to meet our group for a day hike, you know, and okay. grandfather mountain. So it's definitely open to eat, people that don't even live in North Carolina who would maybe like to come out and visit or just see what goes on. That was such a great interview with Jody, And I really resonated with a lot of what she had to say. Uh, Jody really gets into the core of why a lot of us travel to get to know ourselves better. Here are my top five takeaways from Jody's interview. One, have a mantra or mission for your trip. You never know how that might impact your journey. Two, we can do hard things, even if we're scared, even if we cry. Three, reach out and invite people to join you. Four, be open to magic and magic will come. Five, what breaks you down also breaks you open. Thanks for listening to another episode of Travels with Squeaky. You can find more contact for solo women RVers and campers over at travelswithsqueaky.com. And if you like what you've heard today, please consider leaving a review subscribing and sharing with someone you think might enjoy this episode. It really helps us a lot and means a lot. Travels with Squeaky theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And if you have a topic you'd like to see covered, email us at info at travelswithsqueaky.com. See you next week or out there on the road. Ooh.